Good morning and good afternoon, everyone. and Welcome to this Chemical Conversations podcast for our toluene and xylenes outlook, brought to you by Argus Media. I'm James Elliott, Business Development Manager for European Chemicals, and I'm joined by Anjani Singh, Aromatics Consultant who leads our toluenes and xylenes outlook, and Jason Falk, our lead analyst. Anjani, I know from conversations with our European team that the European orthoxylene and paraxylene markets are very tight currently. But looking ahead, what is the overall direction of the global markets in the next 12 months and the biggest factors underlying that trend right now? First of all, thanks, James. Thanks for inviting me for this conversation. Uh, you know, like crude and NAFTA prices will be guiding the TX prices in next 6 to 12 months. Further stable supply of crude is needed in European refinery to be able to meet the demand from US East Coast or Pad 1. US demand drivers, there are two regulation related demand drivers right now and three are market related demand drivers. The regulation related demand drivers are IMO 2020 bunker fuel specifications, which is tightened to 0.5% sulfur. This impacts the global demand. Video supply is also limited by Russia-Ukraine current geopolitical tensions, where Russia supplies to more than one-third of the global video market, which is a feed stock for FCC, which can go to the very low sulfur fuel or blend, or it can be processed and go into the gasoline pool to produce aromatics. So that is one of the demand drivers that is will be affected. The other is the EPA RBOB specification, which is now limited only to sulfur, benzene and RVP, which allows more aromatics to go into the gasoline pool. There are three market related demand drivers. The first one is a strong aromatic solvent demand, which is coming from residential and commercial improvement as workforce is still spread between working remotely and office work. The second one is aromatics demand for gasoline fuel blending to meet the density octane and RVP. High density and octane and low RVP of aromatics are favorable blending component permitting price. The third one is the chemical demand coming for PX and TDI. As you know, both the drivers of uh, both the end products are now leading the demand growth rate. So both PX and TDI, uh, like paragyline and tolvin, will be needed in that sense. Yeah, fantastic answers there, Anjani. Really interesting. Uh, you've touched on the regulatory policies within your first answer. But are there any other regulatory policies or any major expansion projects that could meaningfully affect prices and trade flows in the months ahead? Yeah, that's a great question right now. And, you know, in the, currently the situation, people are focused more on geopolitical. But what's happening right now in China, you should know that around like over 10 million tons of PX capacity is coming up in China in 2022 and around 0.8 million tons of capacity is coming in Middle East. So that's a huge amount of capacity addition that is happening this year. So if you see that Japan trade will be impacted because China imports a lot of PX from Japan. So now Japan has to look somewhere else to see where its PX can go in addition to China where it is already going. So Japan will be looking to compete with US producers in US Gulf Coast where US Gulf Coast exports PX around like quarter million ton every quarter to Mexico and then Europe sends their PX to US East Coast 
where uh, that PX Japan can replace, but it will be easy for Japan to go into Mexico than going to the East Coast because Europe uh, is more closer to US East Coast than Japan is. So that gives a kind of unfavorable advantage to Japan, but we have to see that. So that was related with projects and uh, basically it is coming. More projects are due in China and Middle East this year, so that is going to impact that. Regulation related is related with US EPA and IMO, as I already told you. US EPA RBOP specification consider only sulfur, benzene and RVP. This has allowed more aromatics to move into the gasoline pool. It is worth noting addition of aromatics in gasoline pool not only helps with octane, it also helps meeting RVP and density specification. In addition to having high energy content, this is especially more suitable for gasoline blending where MTB is not blended with gasoline pool that happens in US. Aromatics helps in allowing more butane and ethylene to go into the gasoline pool as both of them are high in RVP and low in density instead of having high octane. So aromatics not only brings more octane, but it increases the octane of gasoline pool as well. So you can see how this is shaping up right now. Great, thanks Anjani, lots of detail there. Uh, let's move on to another subject. What is your favorite element of the toluene and xylene's outlook? Maybe it's a piece of information or visual that readers might miss or might not recognize the deep relevance to the market. And Jason, please add any further thoughts you may have here. So let me start with that. So my favorite element is the movement of TX molecules to meet uh, both fuel and chemical demand and how price seasonality and regulations impact the volume of TX molecules movement to meet both fuel and chemical demand. As you know that TX goes in both places as a gasoline blending component and also to meet the chemical demand. Aromatics price floors are sometimes supported by gasoline and sometimes by TDP conversion margins. Also, the TX molecules occasionally get some price support from solvent pool, but lacks volume. Further, IMO very low sulfur fuel oil demand impacts video demand, which impacts aromatic supply and hence spreads with naphtha. Similarly, recently hydrogen high prices needed reformer to run at high severity, resulting in poor aromatics quality and higher prices spread between MX5211 and MX843 grade. So you can see that how dynamics plays out between fuel, chemical, quality, what we are running and all those things. So these are my favorite subjects. Yeah, I'd like to further uh, and Johnny's point on the various chemical sector crossovers and, and the gasoline blending. The TX uh, Outlook does a really good job at blending uh, other services, such as our MTBE service, working around uh, blend values and conversion rates, whether or not one of the uh, producers might decide to extract the toluene for the chemical pool or extract it for purposes of octane blending. So there's particular sections throughout the report that talk about the alternative values, the blend values versus the toluene spot prices, spot prices of MX to uh, the blend values of MX into the gasoline pool, and also touches base on uh, conversion into the chemical sector as well. So some really good in insights in this outlook, and he also does a really good job of breaking down supply and demand and why he thinks that things will go into the chemical sector versus the octane sector. It's just something that I appreciate as an analyst. A lot of the times, some of the information doesn't particularly make the most sense from an analyst perspective, but the way that he breaks it down, going down from 
toluene on the feedstock side all the way down to the PET chain on the end user is really insightful and really useful to help understand these markets. They're very complex and there's lots of pathways for these products to go into the gasoline pool or the chemical sector, as he mentioned previously. Great, thanks both. So maybe you could share with us your method of forecasting 12 months ahead, Anjani. What steps do you take to arrive at your conclusion? And Jason, please chime in again with any additional comments you have. Okay, so I will start with the methodology. So first step is to start from historical data about trade flow, production and consumption numbers. For forecast, GDP data guides the demand, production forecast guided by the capacity data, and trade data guided by spare production and historical trend of the trade between trading countries. So, you know, this is a summary we have provided, but we have various sources to get to these historical data. We don't only rely on one sources. We go to the like a global provider for the data. Just for example, EIA, IA. We go to GTT. We go to different country data. We have our people in various regions, so they look into the local market and provide all those information. And then we screen those data and make sure they pass through our quality check. And once that is done, then we provide our 24 months outlook. So that is how we do that. It's a complex process of forecasting prices and fundamentals. There's lots of things we look at, supply disruptions, historical pricing relationships, new production sources. We look at uh, infrastructure investments in particular regions of the world. We also look at uh, price value across the whole energy chain. Okay, demand. We set our demand growth projections. We have conversations internally amongst our teams and our sector leads to really drive home the message that Argus is seeing the data shape at the end of the day. Lots of seasonality involved. So stock data, national source quality checking. You know, we're always looking at other sources to validate our assumptions, but ultimately, uh, it's quite a complex process and uh, do a really good job at trying to keep everybody on the same page and make sure that the sentiment is fed throughout the energy value chain. Commend these guys. Uh, they do a really good job and uh, with the support of the analyst team here, we really like to infuse the Argus view across the value chain. Right. And we've mentioned energy throughout this discussion and uh, I guess energy price volatility does make forecasting challenging. What other key insights can readers take away from the outlook to help make better business decisions? Fundamentals of supply and demand guides the prices. Other factors impact the supply and demand, such as geopolitical situation. Right now, you can see natural disturbance. We saw that uh, last quarter in 2021, such as Hurricane Ida that we saw that. And seasonality, winter versus summer and regulations. So uh, you can see that there are various factors for that. Then we have to look into the floor prices and spreads. They are the major variables that needs to be looked very closely for each feed stock and product streams. We have Argus TX Outlook, TX Weekly and TX Analytics looks into each of them and present a comprehensive view on prices. Our clients are encouraged to subscribe to our services and discuss with our expert to get better insight. It will certainly help them a better decision because you know, like you have to look into each and every aspect of it, how it is impacting supply, how it is impacting demand, where the disturbances are, and then how the spreads are playing. So just for example, so uh, crude prices are there, naphtha prices are there, 
Then there are spread between crude and naphtha. Similarly, naphtha, there is a spread between say PX and naphtha. So that has to be looked into. Then PX, PTA, you have to look into that. Then PET, PTA, you have to look into that. So there are various examples of that, and then you have to look into each stream, how they are moving to various part of the demand sector, and then we have to come out with that. So it's a little bit complicated, but uh, you have to talk to people who are on daily basis observing it, and it helps to make a better decision. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found it useful and insightful. To find out more about the Argus, toluene and xylene's outlook or Argus's other chemical products, please visit www.argusmedia.com forward slash chemicals. Thanks. Thanks.